That's a classic right there. It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. You hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared of a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Until we kill them. going i don't need this for the moment and uh, welcome to the download podcast show i'm one of your host darren jenkins and i'm with chris saunders co-host and sometimes pain and you know. <coughs> sometimes and today we're lucky enough to have uh, an awesome vocalist and friend of the podcast Devin Lieber, what's up? Hello. Um, today is our season two, episode uh, 12, where we are doing the movie Us. Um, and I will read the synopsis very quickly for our fandom. You sure you want to read it? Should I read it? You want to read it? Sure. Go for it. Oh my God, we're switching shit up today. This is exciting. All right, here's a synopsis. Okay. Accompanied by her husband, son, and daughter, Adelaide Wilson returns to the beachfront home where she grew up as a child. Haunted by a traumatic experience from the past, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen. Her worst fears soon become 
fear soon become a reality when four masked strangers descend upon the house, forcing the Wilsons into a fight for survival. When the masks come off, the family is horrified to learn that each attacker takes the appearance of one of them. Okay. Um, let's get into it. So I'm going to say real quick that I'm not sure if I should watch this a second time. <laughs> Not so okay, but so here's the one thing that occurred to me as I'm watching this film, mm. and maybe occurred to you who knows. Um, the first time you watched the movie, I think there was kind of like you know, coming off of Jordan Peele, and forgive me, mm -hmm. this movie was directed by Jordan Peele and of uh, the Get Out fame and of Key and Peele, the comedy show. Definitely not a comedy. Mm -hmm. um, I think coming off of Get Out, there was an expectation of what type of film this was kind of going to be. And when you sat there in the theater, you were, you learned that this was not that, that your expectations were going to be not met. Not badly, but differently. Like, because Get Out to me was, um, I don't know, it was more, it was more of a social commentary of, like, it was, it's social commentary was right up front, mm -hmm. right up front for you, right? There was no trying to think about what he was trying to do here. Whereas this film, I think, like, literally, it was almost, it's almost like one of these Twilight Zone episodes in the sense where you have to watch it four or five times. And, I, like, the second time I watched this, it was kind of like, I was like, uh, like a lot of ew going on. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, it just, I'm not sure, I don't know if it ruined my first time. Like, you know, I don't know if like my first time was real. Like I might as well not even watch it the first time. Do you concur with that, Devin? I don't know, I mean, I think going into all of this, um, I came off of it as well having absolutely loved Get Out, and that was one of my favorite films that year that it came out. This one, I tried to go in with very, very low expectations so that I wouldn't set myself up for disappointment because I already really loved Jordan Peele's directorial style. Right. And when I got into it, honestly, I, I get what you're saying. I think that multiple viewings are necessary in a way to come to those separate revelations. Mm. Um, and I think I did enjoy it more on the second and then third viewing of this film. So you saw this film three times? I did. Uh, the, the first time was uh, with my family, which was interesting. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, we, we all went out to see it together. But we, we kind of have that relationship where we're huge horror fans and it's more of a family experience, oh. a bonding experience for us. Okay. So we went to see that together. Wait, wait, did, um, I, did I see it with you the second time? That, yes, oh, the we, second time. We saw this together. We saw this movie together. I just yeah. realized this. Yeah. Okay. And then the third was just for a little refresher before I came in today. Um, okay. But honestly, I, I like the elements that make you think a little bit more. Mm. I don't, I'm the kind of person that doesn't always like films wrapped up with a pretty little bow sure. and it's very, very sure. obvious. Sure. So in that sense, I thought that it was successful. Mm. Do I like this as much as I liked Get Out? Probably not. Mm. Um, but the visual metaphors I thought were absolutely stunning. Um, and I did really enjoy it 
cohesively as a piece. I think so. We're going to get into the visuals, but what did you? What was so? How many? Wait. First of all, I know your penchant for horror movies, mm -hmm. where you're the opposite of Devin. <laughs> you would rather be anywhere else, but then. So for our listeners, Devin is is crazy, <laughs> and I am a normal human being, and uh, so yeah, I'm not a huge horror film fan. Uh, but this, at the very least, was not like out of the out of this world, right. like right. scary and shit, right. or gory for that matter. Right. I mean, it has some gory parts, but um, kind of subtle. I um, so I rewatched it on on Monday. Um, after my initial viewing of this movie, which I forgot was 2019, I thought it was like 2018, so I'm like bugging out right now. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I watched a bunch of videos the next day on YouTube, like looking up like other people's synopses uh, and then mm -hmm. looking into it. And one thing that I agreed with uh, was actually an article was saying like they obviously you have the the homelessness thing, the theme that they come in from the beginning with hands across America, right? Um, that uh, ad, which one of the quotes is like, which he like, he uses almost as a basis for this film, which right. is six million people will tether themselves together to fight against hunger in the United States. So. The whole tether idea and mm -hmm. um, the tethered, but um, mm -hmm. I thought that they initially like they talk about you know hunger in the U.S. and like classism, right? And you almost just because it's a black family, like race is assumed, right. even though it's not really racial, right? But I just thought there was a lot of I thought they might have tried to tackle too many things in this film. Mm, so that that was my initial feeling about the film and then I watched it again and I just didn't have time to watch all these videos again so I couldn't I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't rebuff my uh, my initial feeling but yeah, damn it I can't argue against myself yeah, yeah yeah which I like to do frequently right um it's this this film there's a, I have a lot of feelings about this film and there's going to be I think I have a list of what the uh, could we do a segment called What the Fuck? Hmm. What the Fuck moments. moments in the film, which I will, we will get into. But um, there was a lot of symbolism in this movie. And ki yeah, kind of, you could say he kind of went a little bit overboard with some of it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it was like, it wasn't awkward in a lot of ways, right? To me, it was just. Like you chose, it was almost like he put it there and said, I, "You can choose whether you to read into it or not." Mm -hmm. And if you read, there's a like, there was a couple of, um, there was an article on Wa uh, Washington Post where he talks about the film and he says uh, basically that he basically says, "Here are these things that I've laid in your path. Choose to." Come upon them as you will, and, and take what from them what you want. Yeah, I think at that level, on that level, I mean, he wants you to enjoy the film, right? So if you just want something that you can just like go and be entertained, great. Otherwise, there's other stuff that you can right. miss. So right. I, I get that. Yeah. What did you think of the casting of the film? I mean, I loved it. I loved uh, it. Although, <laughs> can I just say I have a very hard time separating like the public figure, for instance, Lupita Nyong'o. Right. Of course, I'm going to look at her as Lupita Nyong'o. And right. I, like, I, I forgot that her character's name was what, Adelaide? Adelaide, I, yeah. Like, I, you, I, I you just jogged my memory, but I think of her as Lupita Nyong'o. Now, that, that works for me. Right. I'm fine with it, but 
it, it is difficult when you are casting such big names to separate the person from right. the character. But, but she was brilliant. Amazing. Absolutely yeah. brilliant in this film. I mean, all, all the characters had to play two roles, the main mm -hmm. characters, mm -hmm. um, which in itself is cool. Mm -hmm. um, but she, oh, let me find my notes, man. Like, just her, from the regular character to, well, we're going to use Red and Adelaide, right. but obviously that gets blurred at the end. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But the way, let's call her Red, the way Red moves, the way she speaks, like, the way she laughs, like her facial expressions, like I, I think I also watched a video talking about where all that came from. Right. And I just don't remember, but like she, she created that herself. Right. And it's just that's it. Brilliant. The word is brilliant. I, I also think taking the inspiration from the balletic elements and seeing how that translated across both characters was right. absolutely fascinating to mm. watch. And just her body consciousness is gorgeous. Mm. I really mm. love her. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I had one, this is, it just occurred to me like in the moment, and it's just a funny thought, which was the, the young girl who um, got cast, Madison Curry, I'm sorry, but she was creepy unto herself. Yeah, so straight I, up. I'm wondering if that, like, if Jordan just said, you know what, I don't just care do if she can thing. act. You just do your just thing. You. <laughs> you just that's, be you. That's probably his niece or something. <laughs> I've always had this creepy ass niece. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel like my niece is kind of creepy. <laughs> Yo, I mean, I, I have a lot about her. I, I'm actually like, wondering, like, right, even before there's the switch, right. she's just em yeah. almost emotionless. Mm -hmm. The most emotion you hear you get out of her is like when she's heavily breathing in the playhouse. Right. Yeah. And aside from that, she's just kind of like staring and observing shit. So that for me was, I, I didn't I didn't know if that was intended, mm. as you were just saying. Well, the women in this film, I'm I'm just going to go out and say, far kind of exceeded the guys in this film. I think in as far as their performances, because they were really? all really really you don't think the, the daughter, daughter like was he perfect perfectly cheesy. I just wanted to hurt him. <laughs> I really wanted. We will get into the what. Maybe that's his purpose. Maybe, maybe. You know, maybe he's doing his job. You, yeah. you kind of do want to want to shake him at that point. So at that point, I need to talk to Jordan and be like, what were you thinking? Yeah, Jordan, my Jordan Peele, please come on our show. Please. I'd like to have a little conversation with you about this film and this casting. Um, there's actually another thing I want to point, point out because it's kind of towards the, the, right at the beginning of the film when they have the, um, the Hands Across America ad on the TV. Yep. It's zoomed out a bit and it starts zooming in. I don't know if you've noticed. I, I think I saw this in a video, mm. um, they have some videos on the left-hand side, some VHS tapes. Uh, of course, oh, we didn't mention the year, 18, 1986, right? It's right. supposed to take place. In. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a film, there's a video that says Chud. Oh, really? But, but C.H.U.D. Oh, yeah. And that's supposed to stand for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Yeah, you know Chud, right? The I've movie? never seen Chud. Oh, my God. Now I've heard of it. you never seen Chud? Oh, we, when did that come out? you just got oh, educated. This would have been 80s? Like early 80s? I'm assuming, like, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. Is that a horror film? Mm hmm. Or? 1984. I've never seen 80, yeah. Okay, that's going on the list. So, but, but in co coincidence with the underground. Subterranean, where all these um, sh shadows or tethered people mm -hmm. reside. That was just like a little tidbit. That's actually a good, great catch. Yeah. But, but, so there's a whole. So also that Hands Across America. Um, also, as you know, if you 
go back to the um, beginning of a movie where they you see the, the they explain what's going on in, in the movie and, the, and they talk about the fact and then she mentions the same thing in the film where about um, how they were like the people above had all these foods and snack and all these things and they had to eat live rabbit right and so it was it's also again about them fighting for food, fighting for survival, and when that, like this, so it was like this. Hands across America was basically their 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 protest, their their way of coming up and saying, "Hey, we we need help too." It's it's weird. It's like it's like this is really like a twisted like <laughs> campaign, like a nonprofit campaign for you know. But I actually just noticed this the second time viewing, and it's probably pretty obvious. But like in that same scene with the TV, the commercial, mm. and then the um, then it switches to some beach commercial for Santa Cruz. But in the reflection, the, the, the little girl, yeah, the young, yeah, 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 red or whatever, what Adelaide. You, what do you? What's your thought on that? I don't know. I feel like that comes back from the what's the exorcist? Not exorcist. Um, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure he takes a lot of. Oh yeah, and and, and even even the the car shot of them driving from above mm -hmm. so reminiscent of The Shining. He's right. always yeah. nodding to the greats, always, and yeah. I love that. Um, I also think that that's where the original Adelaide, the Hands Across America thing, is where she got that I idea to mm -hmm. you know, make the human oh, chain. Oh, you. And and that's Good like catch. that's one of the things I think that what why are you looking at that Chris? I just I, I'm surprised that Darren didn't catch that the first time. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but I'd also like to right where we're talking about the intro scene because uh, it goes from that commercial to the rabbits. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Abel, composer I, on this. Yeah, he did. I, I have. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of credits. He did here. work he, on this. He's got Get Out. He's got See You Yesterday, which is on Netflix, which I actually kind of want to watch. Which is this? This is like about this girl, a uh, black girl whose brother gets killed mm -hmm. and then she's like a really smart scientist and, oh, she, oh, she, and she's right. supposed to like build a time machine the time go machine. back in time to yeah. save her brother but she has to she can't do it so she keeps on like going back and back right uh, so he did the music for that as well apparently and Bad Education which I don't know but that, oh, that's all education. the credits he has sure. but in this film like just the intro music yeah Goddamn. chills yeah yeah give him a, I had to drop props for him he, he did, it really was just like he really set the tone with the, the atmosphere for this film very well. And then he does that remix for I Got Five on Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get ahead of it, but damn. Can I just say that <laughs> no, I No, you may not. No. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, I think this film is very much about the duality between the darkness and the light, the different sides of something, whatever mm. that thing may be. Mm. And I think that that is so beautifully reflected in the score, not only in the remix that comes later, but also in the original music that was composed for this. You know, having that duality between the very prim and proper vocals that are, you know, choir vocals, and then the grit of the drums underneath. Mm. Those two things working together were so effective. Mm -hmm. Really beautiful. Yeah, it was, um, the, the there's a lot of art, artistic composing here, you know, to the film. Overall, the, the color choices, the cinematography, the, the music, mm -hmm. 
and we'll get it. I won't. I'm not going to say it now. But there is a what the fuck part of that that you know. But I, I'm just going to spoiler alert this whole thing. I have my what the fuck moments note note as everything. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> everything. See, y'all can get more specific, but that's, that's what I got. I can drill down everything. <laughs> um, what did you, so let's, let's go through this, the, the first scenes of this movie. Um, you know, so they're on the road and they're heading to, you know, <clears throat> No, I gotta say it now. I gotta do it because it fits into this scene. This is a family, a black family, getting in the car, driving to a wooded area of some sort. We're not sure whether they own the house. I think they're renting. So this already house, unrealistic? Right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> okay. I mean, come on, man. That's like that reminds me of my favorite like I can't remember what the comedian was. Oh, it was the Eddie Murphy. It's like black people don't go into a haunted house. Like they, you know, yeah, Eddie Murphy. You, you, yeah, Eddie Murphy is like you know they walk in there. Oh, this place is nice. It's get right in the school out. neighborhood. The bus is right there. Get out. Too bad we can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, this is exactly the situation. I was like, well, all right, you know. I mean, but it also goes. It it, it doesn't fit, but to your point. Maybe it will. It does fit perfectly, especially with the father being who he is, yeah. not being mindful of this situation. And yeah. it didn't occur to me why. Like this is what I'm saying. The first, the first time around, kind of, I just took it in and didn't think about it. I, it didn't occur to me that the reason why she didn't want to be going to the beach was because this is the same damn beach that she was. I, I didn't realize this was her no, mother's fair. home. If, um, that's fair. If, so. if there was a camera in here, I'd be making a very blank extension, expression towards Darren right now. Yeah, well, you can go outside in the hallway and do that. Yeah, you know, all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yes, go, go ahead, Devin. Um, no, I, I think it's something that is easy to miss, but then upon the second viewing, I was you're, like, you're, oh. You're too okay. kind. <laughs> no, no, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's about being kind. I, I think it's... It's very much about the fact that this film is very dense and there are a lot of things to unpack here and it's important to have multiple viewings so that you can sort of solidify those details in your mind. Yeah. Um, that's how I read it at least. But I almost missed that the first time. I roll. Well, I mean, she, because, you know, black people don't generally like the beach in the first place. So that I just kind of chalked it up to that. Except for Jamaican. I don't know, Jamaicans? Caribbean? Oh, my anyway, God. So <laughs> you go back to the boardwalk in 1986 where Adelaide is, you know, with her two parents. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, a lot of this was, a lot of this movie is set up, by the yeah. way. If, if you notice, like, yeah. the first a third to a half is, like, set up. And then you have just this explosion of horror. Right. Yeah. That happens halfway through. I think yeah. I paused it to go get a drink of water and noticed that, oh, the halfway action really through. starts yeah. happening halfway through yeah. the midpoint um, of the movie. Yeah. But the uh, yeah, the, the whole setup is very interesting because you know, you're examining this kind of dis- dysfunctional marriage. I, I guess a, you call him the bad father because he like, lets her wander off, whatever. Um, yeah. the, the, like, the mother is just like, like, they clearly don't like each other. Right. <laughs> um, but you know some of the stuff that puts you in the context of the time is like the thriller T-shirt 
Yeah. Also an yeah. interesting duality there, yeah. the duality of Michael Jackson, you know, the public persona versus mm. all of the other stuff that's been coming out recently. Right. Um, the darkness versus the light. I think that was a very deliberate choice mm-hmm. on Jordan yep. Peele's part. Yep, and, and, and zombies. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that the first two times I watched it. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a... You know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I just I, I, actually in that same scene when um, Adelaide is entering the funhouse, which says "Find yourself," by the way. Yes. On the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they, they have that amazing like thunder and lightning in the background mm. right before the, the, the rain starts coming down. I don't know if you saw. Obviously, that's like very, very literal light and darkness, but. Yeah. Um, vision quest: Find yourself. Uh, the mirrors. Reflections mm-hmm. in the, the fun house, obviously. Um, they call them, they refer to the tethered as reflections or like yep. shadows. Yep. So, mm-hmm. really, I mean, all of this is just building that same narrative, which is cool. And then the itsy bitsy spider whistle, yep. which is reversed. <sighs> oh. Yeah, uh, just that's that's great fucking horror right there, if you ask me. I know somebody whose daughter is, when I see them sometimes, They'll like sometimes sit and like while their parents are busy doing something, they sit there and they whistle that. And I'm like, you creepy little motherfucker. You that, better stop it. That was Jordan Peele's cousin that he ca- or niece that he caught cast for this movie. I mean, seriously, that's a creepy song that, I mean, you know. Um, there was, yeah, there, yeah, that, yeah. I, so it's cool because, um, you know, uh, mirror, uh, like carnivals, uh, mirror, the mirrored rooms, those, they're always associated with like these horror movies and, you know, there's never anything positive ever happens. No one goes into one of these places and finds, hey, a check for a million dollars, you know, it's, you know, nothing good ever is going to happen to no. that, you know what I mean? Even in big with the Zoltar machine, yep. you know nothing that that didn't work out so well in the beginning, you know. So was it uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Killer Clowns from oh, Outer yeah. Space. She, it. It, it, it. It's an easy one. You know, so it's like if I wanted to go, I would have been like, "Don't go in there." Yeah. Well, you know, as a kid, yeah, he don't know no better. And who um, puts it on a beach? It's on the actual beach. Yeah, I thought that Just was an weird. interesting choice. Yeah, it must have been a reason for that. Um, I, I wonder if that was like Jordan Peele's call or production design. I really do. Yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I've never seen one put separate from the carnival itself onto the physical beach. Usually it's on the boardwalk. So It might be a reference to Carnival of Souls. You know what? <sighs> She's too good. Yeah. All right, oh, let's go. She's here for. Let's shut it down, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She's I, making I this look stupid, man. Shut it. What's cut. going on here? Cut. No. <laughs> no, you're right. I actually hadn't even thought about that. That's a good idea. That's mm-hmm. good. Why can't Chris have thought of that? I've thought about plenty that you ain't thought about yet, so you ain't got to. Shit. I can't, I can't do everything. Um, and then uh, I had a question. Go Jeremiah Hill. Jeremiah Hill. I felt like there was some significance to that. I think it was on someone's T-shirt. Oh, 
You'll have to refresh my memory. It's 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 on the dude who was being wheeled out. Of the, I the think it's him. Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe oh, it's a sign he's holding. Oh, or I thought that was, um, it was Jeremiah, Jeremiah 11, 11. 11, 11. Oh, oh, and then later on the clock says eleven eleven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Does anyone know what Bible verse that is? No, but uh, that's I, a good question. I'm technically Jewish, so I have no clue. And I'm me, so mm. I wouldn't know. Well, luckily, I'm here, and no, I'm, I'm, I'm King James Bible. <laughs> um, okay. I think it's something about the end of the world, the end of the world, actually. Uh, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, behold, I will bring evil upon them, yeah. which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Pretty doom and gloom. I think it goes on... This is, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but I think it's the same um, verse that Samuel Jackson steals oh, really? from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's the same yeah. one. If you go on further, I think that's the one. Furious anger. Right. Yeah, that's deep. Huh. Jordan Peele is next level, um, he's a next level film guy. I mean, he knows so much mm -hmm. he's he's probably forgotten more than i've ever known mm -hmm. so and it's so lovingly done that's mm -hmm. the other thing that i love about his work because you you can tell that he was such a student of the genre and even though he was coming from the comedy world you can also see that darkness permeate a lot of his comedy even in oh my god Peele. yeah absolutely yeah like i mean one of my favorite key and peel skits is the um awkward conversation <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking about movies actually yeah, in the yeah. film, and, and then and then uh, jordan's uh character is just blowing off everybody's suggestions like oh okay <laughs> but then you see like as it comes and he gets confronted about uh him just not having an opinion He's like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever, and, and, and he's just like, no, say your own opinion. Say, and then they have the dark music coming from the back, like, and he starts like getting into that kind of yeah. horror, like thriller kind of thing. So you, yeah, to your point, absolutely. It's funny because when he, um, when, when, um, <clears throat> when the, the Keelan Peel show first began, um, I would watch, you know, I watched a few couple of seasons and. In our sketch uh, group in at US, U, UCB, we were talking about it, and one of, one of my observations, and this was before he came out with the Twilight Zone TV show, one of my observations was is you can see which one, which episodes he had the most influence in because the ones he's had the influence in are dark. Oh, yeah. They are like these ones where you're, you're like, it's funny, but it ain't that funny. <laughs> I love that, though. What is there one where, like, it's like a gang. Oh, and the and, guy. And the guy's like, his friend just died, and like, yes. and he's like, we used to grow up and play Care Bears. <laughs> and the other guy's just like laughing at, no, 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 my bad, my bad, man, my bad. That's not, that ain't funny. Like, and he keeps on like cracking up or crying and shit. Yeah. And eventually he just shoots the other guy in the head. <laughs> All right, y'all, let's get to work. Like, you know, that's definitely him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely. He him. has a great, he's, a, he's got a, yeah, I hope he keeps it on the film. How about that? Because otherwise, you know. Um, should we, I mean, we haven't gotten into the, this is, you know what, this is actually a film, that, to be honest, you could do for two days, mm. literally, oh, because they're just, it's almost like 
he just the first like you said the first half of the movie is kind of the build the second half is the is the action and there are things in that and things in this that you know you have to tear down to kind of really understand what was going on so um, I mean, what are some of the visuals that that I caught you caught your eye mm. eyes that's hard yeah, eyes. I mean I mean starting from that opening shot where the credits are going over the rabbit, mm -hmm. starting on the rabbit, uh, yeah. eye pulling out very wide. I thought that that's right when the movie had me. But everything, you can't go wrong with the level of, of attention de to detail to production design, um, even down to the locations that he chose, strategically placing the family in a rental house that has glass instead of walls. So it makes you feel subconsciously very, very exposed. Vulnerable. And I think that that really plays into the, the horrific element to it. So you don't even realize that you're feeling uncomfortable from this, but mm. every single decision. But as soon as that family appears in the driveway, <laughs> you're like, well, they're just running around the house and climbing up the walls and like, yeah, those windows come into play. You're just like. Yeah. Okay, we're not yeah. safe here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you put yourself in that dude's position. It's family, you you know. There's this group of people holding hands at the top of your driveway, and you're just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" You well, know? yeah, but I mean, why did he stop her from calling the cops? Uh, which she, is another, which is another whole thing I got to yeah, talk we, they about. Both, yeah, that, they won't get, get yeah, into I, that. I mean, I think that might be a commentary like, you know, if a, if a white family called the cops, <laughs> they might have been there a little faster than 14 minutes away. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get it. We'll definitely. The rabbits were interesting. Obviously, if I'm a rabbit, I'm a little offended, but whatever. Um, I thought that the, 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 um, the oldest daughter, her doppelganger, which was very creepy. She just smiling the whole time. I'm not, that sneer. And how the hell does she run so fast? <laughs> you see, she's like, mm -hmm. yeah. She gave her head start. Let me get said. all limbered up. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, all right, this is not gonna go well. Um, there was a lot of, like, there's, yeah. Just the idea of like the, so we have the, the, the tethered. Right. And then the idea of the untethering and then the scissors yeah. like, as the murder weapon for this shit. Like you have like Jason has yeah, the machete. Why did you choose and, scissors? Was there something about... Uh, well, I think the untethering and like the whole uh, idea that, that two people are connected with one soul and then like severing that connection. Well, but that, even thinking about scissors and how mm, it's two, mm -hmm. two planes of metal that are fixed together. Mm. They rely upon each other. They work in tandem. They mirror each other's actions. I think that's a big mm. part of it. So here's the thing about that. So this, the young, the son, was he like a genius? Because he figured out yeah, that I, I kind of control you. I can do, you know... Why didn't anybody just turn to him and go, why didn't he tell somebody, hey, you know, you know, this could happen if you, I was just like. Yeah, that was one of my questions. I don't know how that works. Like, because his doppelganger seemed completely, directly connected to him in a way that was unusual to the other group. Like the father, you know, he's getting his ass whooped mm. like the whole movie, the whole single movie. Well, listen, <laughs> well, listen, he, he, he we, we. He's goofy. We, we never said he was smart. The smart we never did. The lightest light bulb in the shit. You know, like, yeah, that, 
But, but you know that, that that added some lightness again. Like maybe that was intentional with the light and dark. Mm. Like Lupita's character is just so focused on that. Like she's scared. It's dark. Whatever. And he is this like light. And remember too, comedic. he's he he's a regular person. She's actually a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're watching. If you ever come onto our podcast. <laughs> Watch, damn, damn, watch, this, watch the, the damn movie. Thanks a lot. Watch the damn movie before you listen to us. Good advice. Well, if you haven't watched it by now, um, no, but it, there, there's that. This is the fact that these other, you know, three or three people are regular people, so their reactions, you know, like would be different. Would be obviously different because for them it's a completely new situation, whereas. At some point, she started to figure out, oh, yeah, right. Like, so I was reading um, an article online, and there's kind of like this suggestion that she lost her memory of what had happened, who she was, and then as things got went further along in this movie, she got it back. But I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Me too. Be- because there are complete signs that she knew exactly like she wouldn't have been afraid of the beach if mm-hmm. you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can kind of go nah or even when her son wandered off to go to the restroom right and she freaked out to that degree right i don't think she would have freaked out to that level and all of the coincidences everything happening she definitely knew, she and, knew. and this is why i think a second or third viewing is very important because mm-hmm. then just spend the entire movie. I spent this third time watching Lupita Nyong'o's reactions exclusively. Mm-hmm. And it tells you so much because she's that good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really amazing. I love her so much. And I also, I love Elizabeth Moss. And we haven't talked oh, about yeah. her yet. Yeah, that couple was a trip. They were a trip. They, they, were, they were a trip. And <laughs> that whole family, I was just like, Hilarious. what is going on with the sisters? But they totally like, they you know they're almost they're that character in the horror movie that you go, please kill them now, totally. Please, please kill them now, you know. I think, you know, it go again it goes back to Jordan Peele's um, savviness of saying, look, for there's a formula for a lot of different horror movies, especially when you get into the hacker films and stuff, where there's always one or two characters where. People are rooting against them in the movie, and I think these could have been to me. Those were those. Even when they turn, even their doppelgangers, you're like, oh yeah, they they they, because she annoyed the hell out of me doing the backflips in the like. I'm like, really? You got to do backflips? What are you, Catwoman? <laughs> the good one, like the the Halle Berry version, because that was awesome, right? Anyway, <laughs> that was Batman. We did that last week. Oh, my bad, my bad. So, my bad, my bad. Um, should we get into the music? No, we don't care about music. Too. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, let's get into music because there are some awesome tracks on this. Yeah. Um, and I think one of them, I think it was the. Was it the Janelle Monae song? No, that's that's when they're driving to the house. Yes. Yeah. They have this Jamel, Janelle Monae song. Yep. By the way, if you don't know Janelle Monae, then you're go away. Don't 
dope. Get Spotify. Yeah. Um, Get Spotify. She's awesome. But she's she has a song called like All I Like That, mm-hmm. which is very like happy and uplifting and which is weird because they're like kind of driving towards their doom in the same so 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 this is something i also want to say is that i once had i i went to nyu for film at tisch mm-hmm. and i once had a professor there who gave us a really powerful lecture about how it's important to choose a contrasty song right. so when you have a specific situation you want to go full tilt in the opposite direction emotionally in order to give it the best emotional impact and i think they were successful on a lot of different levels specifically with the janelle monet song and also with good vibrations good vibrations let let fleur at the end mini ripperton ripperton oh yeah yeah another good example um i mean we talked a lot about this i think with um goodfellas yep Goodfellas is just like all oh, this happy Motown yep. shit while people are getting killed great. and like, yeah. buried and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a again goes back to a lot of you know tropes of um, successful horror films where they they understand that you want to you kind of want to set people up, mm-hmm. and the best way of setting people up is either. You know, with like edit, an edit that is really abrupt, or the music, like you said, to be completely opposite of the scene. Like, you know, there's nothing more creepy than like you you watching some dude get killed and it's and it's playing a banana song or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good one. Actually, I should use that. Um, but copyright. Yeah, copyright. Darren Jenkins Media. Um, and I think he did a great job of choosing. Personally, my favorite was my favorite was call call the police playing. Fuck the police. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. But like both songs, like even good vibrations, while like the other the white families getting there, like just absolutely destroyed. It's the worst vibrations plus the good vibrations uh, yeah. right. that make it effective. Oh my god! It was well. I mean, come on. There were some happy people in the house. I mean, they were happy. You know, she was sitting, Elizabeth was sitting here just enjoying herself, putting on some lipstick. Oh, that was hilarious. That's also why I love it so much, because they were evil and menacing, but at the same time really funny. Yeah. And I love that. Like the dude on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hmm. so like, like his, I wonder where he could be hiding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are for such small parts. Those were uh, really effective. They sell that. Also, like when she, um, when the the husband, well, the the tethered husband dies, yeah. and she's like, it looks like she also they she, they can't speak or make sounds apparently. Oh, that's so good. And she's just like, looks like she's about to cry, and then she starts like smiling. laughing, smiling and yeah, laughing, was, but but no, no sound, sound is no coming sound. out. That yeah. was some. Shining shit right mm. there, boy. Yeah, and she's fantastic. Do you guys watch The Handmaid's Tale at all? You know what? Oh, I have been trying to watch that. I just there's just too much stuff on. So at some point, I'll figure it out and get on there. No, I I, I haven't watched it, but I especially when I heard it was science well, fiction. It's subject not, matter. It's not a comedy. Let no. me say that first. But she she's amazing because she can bring a lot of comedy into mm. these very dark roles. Mm. Um, which I've always appreciated about her acting, but I, I just thought that that part, the, the physicality of the comedy and the darkness 
in that part. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, she got to, um, what was good about it is this film in its construct to the actors is that you really got to go outside of the normal range of what you'd normally do. And you had to be creative because they couldn't talk. Um, they were supposed to be in opposite of their doppel their you know top side doppelgangers if that's a better word for it, and so to be able to convey that you had to be un unusual in your approach to the character. So she did a good job. So I had a question because the uh, the real like white family is like they're not just the at least the parents are very like just mean to each other. Right. And then I'd be thinking about like killing openly. him. Yeah, I've openly. been thinking about killing him. And then, but then the double under the the tethered versions, like she was just kind of happy when he died. So, mm. were they opposites? Well, <laughs> if, so here's the thing about that, right? So when she gets stabbed at the end, she's she's laying on the floor. She sees him across the floor, and she mm. tries to crawl over to him. Mm. So I think there was, I think. There was a mask that she was wearing, and I think that goes back to these masks that they were wearing in the movie. I think there was a mask for her to be wearing in her relationship to her husband. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, yeah, probably because I think it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. She she showed hate for her husband when she really loved him, whereas the doppelganger showed love but she really hated him. You know, because she was like, mm, "That was great. That was awesome." You know, so I think there was some subtlety of. Reversal there. So. Another question. Good answer, Darren. Thank you very much. Uh, another question is: There's a scene where um, I guess it's actually red. Is is cuffed? Yeah, and the, the, the table. To the yeah, table. Mm -hmm. and uh, no, 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 not early on. Later oh, on. Oh, the, to the bed. To the bed. Mm. Oh, and yes. and the and the the white woman's doppelganger tries to kill. Goes close to like mm. stabbing her, but stops. Yeah. Perhaps, I, I, the way that I read that is that, um, oh gosh, I, how do I refer to each character? Yeah, I don't, I, that, I'm called the white doppelganger. <laughs> they did have names for them, I just yeah. don't right. remember. Oh, actually, Lupita yeah, Nyong'o, the way that I read that is that Lupita Nyong'o wanted the kill for herself. Right. That's what I, that's that's what I, I thought, but I wasn't sure. Because I guess she is the leader, so, right? They consider her the leader of the of the, the question tethered, is right? how much are they able to comprehend? Elizabeth Moss is considered Dahlia, and oh, that's her name. Tim Tex. Heidecker is Tex. Tex. Yeah. yeah, and I think the reason why she didn't do it is because she couldn't. I think the doppelganger, each doppelganger has to kill their own doppelganger mm. to sever the tether, maybe. Except the young, the daughter's doppelganger killed the neighbor who got upset that she was on his car. Oh, you're right. So I don't think, mm, I don't right. think that could be it. The only thing so maybe, that I could yeah. think mm -hmm. is that Lupita Nyong'o specifically was like, this is Red, my kill. Yeah. Um, well, Red was the leader of the group of right. this group, so yeah. I assume, she, like she said, she had a plan, and that plan included being able to exact revenge on this individual. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I think she would have been a little upset if someone else killed her instead. So, mm, you're right. Okay. She also said she wanted to draw it out. Yep. True. So. True. So there you go. And 
you know, there was plenty of killing going around, so, you know. Um, but actually going back to the, the soundtrack, when I looked this up, that. yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> when, so I looked up the soundtrack on, and hopefully they'll sponsor us one day, what-song.com. What-song.com. And they have, and also on Spotify, they have, um, I don't know, two or three that I don't hear in the film. One being Why, Why You Treat Me So Bad by Club Nouveau, yeah. Reality Check by No Name, and also... A reality check I heard. Did you? Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, an artist I really like right now, Coffee. Oh, Coffee. Got a song Toast? called Toast. Yeah. I don't remember hearing that in the, in the, in the sound, in the, during the movie either. Yeah, that one I didn't hear, and I'm not sure where that was planned. Yeah, but, man, if it was, great I'm choice. Trying to remember where that would even have been an option for that. Um, oh, maybe it was, um, which doesn't count, but maybe it was on the... The daughter's headphones. No, that was. Wait. Uh, they they, Wait. they actually say it. Are these in order on the site? Uh, they think they are. Yeah. If so, then it would be like during that the credits. comes after the Minnie Riperton song, so that's um, the very end of the movie. So I think that was just a credit. Maybe. Oh. Yeah, the one on the headphones was was I think uh, forever, maybe. Yeah. By Raven, uh, by by No Name. Mm. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, then um, it was just yeah. some credit music. Mm-hmm. Oh, good credit music, though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shit. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I have to throw out some quotes. Go for it. There's some quotes. I mean, you. I figured you would, because I, be honest, I. Yeah. I so, so do we remember the scene where they're in the car and like the kid, uh, the son is playing with that oh, magic, magic trick, trick. Yes. And, and those sisters like said something. Why don't you go like. Something, something, and he goes, why don't you go ahead and kiss my anus? Yes. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh! He's like, anus is not a curse word. It, it reminded me of, um, I think it was, I don't know which um, Guardians of the Galaxy, or maybe it was one of the Avengers, but it's Groot. And like they're, oh. telling, him to, they're telling him to put his, his game away. And he's like, Ragnarok. If, if, is Ragnarok? Mm-hmm. Was he, they're not in Ragnarok. Yes, they are. I'm not Ragnarok. Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah. And they, he's oh. playing with his game like, Groot, if you don't put that away. And he's like, I am Groot. And it was whoa. like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Where do you get that now from? <laughs> mm, okay. Do you have any quotes to share with us from this film? Um, Something about... Eating the rabbits raw and funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eating the rabbits raw. That whole soliloquy. That soliloquy. Oh, my God. That was a good, you know. Beautifully delivered. Mm. Loved the tonality of her voice. And just every word had weight to it Mm -hmm. without it being self-conscious. And you could just feel the rage. It was so palpable. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. She should, like, make that her... um, Voice message on her phone. <laughs> Man, I ain't never called her. Not that I have her number, but. Like. Are you kidding? I would call that every day. Well, yes, that is the difference between you and me, right, right there. Um, and then, of course, like as the movie continues, like when she kills, when um, Adelaide kills, what's I forgot this the, the mother's name already, uh, Dahlia. Dahlia. Um, or Kitty. She, she starts getting into it. Like you see her, like start to make the heavy breathing and like whatever animalistic sounds and then at of course at the end like right at the end when she kills her doppelganger she's just like the guttural sounds are coming out and you see mm-hmm. what 
she was and you know so I thought that was a cool tr not a transformation just a hint at like showing it and then How I think quote thanks Darren I didn't want to do it myself I got a question though here and maybe it's answered over time I guess is so these doppelgangers couldn't speak but she was a doppelganger how come she speaks because she, she could speak which which one the you talking about the, the mother the mother that we see throughout most of the film yeah um well, because she is it over time. But, but if you notice in in, 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 in in that flashback, they're saying she's like when they're at the psychologist. Yeah, no, she's, she's going not, to dance school. She's not and speaking. Like and... we want her to be her old self. Mm -hmm. So I think from that point, when the switch happens, then she starts learning how to speak and through mm -hmm. dance therapy. Yeah. So does that mean the girl? Because the girl, who, the, the the daughter, daughter, the one at the beginning of the movie, she wasn't really too talkative herself. Yeah. Well, so that I'm was just a whole like, other thing. You know. But she does say, I want, she did say, I want that t-shirt. Oh, 11. Yeah, but 11. she wasn't 11. facing the camera. You never saw her face it, when she was speaking, so it could have been ADR. You don't know. Uh, ADR? Um, it's basically like stuff that you record afterwards right. that you put in. But it's not, it's not sound that was captured on set. In post. Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, this, this podcast is over for a third time. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I'm packing up now. Shit. Shut it down, everyone. Turn the lights off. No, um, okay. I mean, that was my only, I mean, that's my question. Oh, well, then we have the official questions, too. Then we have the, well. But let me, actually, I also have one more question before we get to our main, we have some main questions. I have you. a couple oh. more questions. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. But one, like, I mean, one mind is, like, who do you, do you feel sorry for Adelaide or Red in this movie? Why not both? Um, in the beginning... Adelaide. But then in that down there in that bunk room where they're fighting each other and they're like really like you realize when you realize what they're what the under is really like yeah, I kind of messed up. especially when she's uh, as a little girl they ch she changes it to the bed and just walks off. Mm. I'm like here's a question. Okay so she gets chained to the bed. Did she stay chained to the bed until she turned 30? Why didn't she just walk the fuck out of there? <laughs> I'm like, as soon as I let me off that bed, I'd be like, peace out, y'all. I would have, I mean, I, just, I, I guess. Did she knock her out and bring her? She knocked her out, put her in the bed, and handcuffed her. But then she woke up as she's walking, changing right. the t-shirt, and she walks out. So then my thing is, she was there for like, what, 20 years, 30 years? Why didn't she walk out sooner? She couldn't have been chained there on that bed for 30 years. Yeah, I, 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 I can't answer. Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan? The second, That's a very good point. clarification we need. Because it was easy to get down there. Mm -hmm. See, uh, and maybe that's the only real kind of thing where, to me, it would have been kind of interesting if they could, if he could have figured out a way of kind of saying maybe this fun house or whatever it is only appears at certain times. So that way you know that there's no way for them to get out until like like at any point in time in the day, you know? Maybe she, maybe she had to be near. Maybe. The maybe. Fun house yeah. for that opening, for the exit uh, you, to appear. You might be right. Interesting. 
Because they, she does talk about as she's coming, as they're coming, they're like she she feels feels different, different, and all that stuff. And it also would explain my other question, which is, how in the fuck did they realize that these people were in the house? Like, did you just have like a Google notifications and say, like, oh, they're at the house. Let's go up there and kill them. You know, so it probably like there, it's probably yeah, it's probably like in within. Well, they show everything. Everything that happens above is happening below, just a little differently. It's like a chest, like a one of those um, those old football games that vibrate, except there's players on both sides that they move at the same time, probably. And I think maybe that's what happened is that once they got close to the to the hell mouth of sorts. Yeah, and, or and, like quantum theory, you know. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. She, see, we really? gotta, all right, we gotta close it down again. You are not invited to this again. All right, oh people. Thank you. It is not our usual lackadaisical, uninformed un- stuff. We are just trying. We, What's going man, on we here? We try not to think in this I mean, thing. come on, Chris, like, man. Bring Devin you, Lever you up. You told us you should be on board. Well, you know. <laughs> um, Fine. And, and, and uh, uh, another question is: Does this like? It's kind of it's kind of a cliffhanger, right? The mm-hmm. the, the sun knows something's yeah, yeah. definitely. Are we going to see oh, yeah. this thing? Like, it's, I don't think there should be, but no, <laughs> no one who's going to believe them anyway. Too. It it depends on whether or not the studios get their way or Jordan Peele. Oh, their second way. one. Because or but, if there's but, a big but, enough paycheck. But there's yes. also a bunch of tethered with their hands across America. Yeah, that's another right. thing. I'm like, what happens? Like they dri- so at the end of the movie where they get in the the, the ambulance and they're driving off. And I'm like, so... Where are you going? Where are you going? What are we going to do about yeah. these folks? And is it worldwide? That well, was my thing. I don't know, because it's hands across America, which is in the subway systems and underground areas under America. I and she's, and, and remember when Red says, let's leave, let's go to Mexico. Right. So Mexico. she's like, that's where we can be safe. I don't oh, know. Because Trump built that wall right, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> and we just made it political, motherfuckers. Um, um, on the math on that to see if it's like if there are enough people in the U.S. for us to span. That's a good question. The what US? from coast to coast? Well, I mean that's a true. I mean that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like this hands across America thing. Fear was supposed to. Ha- it either happened or was supposed to happen mm-hmm. in the eighties. Whether it happened or not, I don't know. I was I was online, but I would assume that they probably. There's no way of doing it. There's probably enough, but I would guess the logistics of it would be a little little tough. There are mountains and Yeah, lakes, you know. Although Um, they were in the water, so. Yeah. But I uh, I also want to say one more thing because there's another quote that's kind of cool to me, and I I think it it was intentional. So we do have Janelle Monet on this this soundtrack. And uh, when they first, uh, when when the family's, first meet in the house mm-hmm. um, someone says who are you someone asks her who are you and uh, I guess it's actually Adelaide responds we're Americans yeah and Janelle Monet actually has a song called Americans right. mm-hmm. I think it's on the same album actually as this the song that's on the soundtrack mm. so well, there's a little more information for you than mm. I noticed okay well. I'm, I'm the musician so yeah 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 um, do we get to our questions now? Let's do it. I think the answer is no for all of these. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, okay, no? so we have our standard questions that we ask all of our guests. Uh, I feel so put on the spot. Let's uh, go. Yeah, it's all I'm supposed to put. Don't, no pressure. Okay. okay. Uh, number one. 
could two part could Tom Hanks be in this movie and would he make it better? Mm. Like what role would you uh, the only role that I could see him in is is the father mm-hmm. in the white family, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, I think his image as an actor is way more wholesome and good guy than the father itself. And so that usually he would not problem. he would not be considered, I think, on the casting side of things for this role. Um, hmm. I think he could be, sure, but I think it would be miscast. Not that I don't love Tom Hanks, I really do. I just don't think Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the neighbor that's mad that uh the girl's on his car. I don't want to see Tom Hanks die. <laughs> Do you hate Tom Hanks? Uh, Sounds like it. What's that face? So the second question is... <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, could Eric Clapton's Tear in Heaven be in the soundtrack? And I think this is difficult. I don't think this is a straight answer. <laughs> I feel like if it... I feel like it would be too obvious a choice. Hmm. Even just mentioning heaven, if, if it's a horror film and it's dealing with death, I wouldn't choose that song. Uh, where, where, if you were to see it... I'm asking the questions know. around here. Yeah, <laughs> don't be trying to turn it on us. No, I was trying to flip-flop it. Um, no, I, I was actually just thinking about that. Exactly but again, right. like we're talking about, um, we were talking about using like... Yeah. Music that's opposite of what the scene is portraying. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a maybe to, to add the humor to it's like it's a funny, more lighter scene that you have this like How can you put sad it, song. Can you put it instead of um, fuck the police? Can you put it in where um, Kitty or Dahlia is crawling across the carpet? She sees her husband mm-hmm. and she's crawling to him, and it can be played right there, right before she gets killed. There you go. Hmm. It's possible. Things that make you go. Hmm. That actually would be even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, now we're talking about like heaven. Um, really quickly, there is actually a little bit of religious. Yes. Um, well, the eleven eleven. Oh, there's a lot. Up there. Yeah, right. Um, and they say like God brought us together, yep. and and she's essentially a savior for the tethered. She's and she says Jesus, God. Right? God was testing yeah. her. Right, God was te- so we didn't really mention any of that um, no. up until now. Well, yeah. you know, people don't talk about God as much as you did. So, what, Twitter. What if? What if? <laughs> um, okay, so what is uh, out of ten? What do you give this movie, Devin? Oh, That's hard. That's really hard. Should we have you back on another episode so you can? On the next episode, we talk about what the rating is. So three second. I don't know. Podcast. I, I wouldn't give it a 10 because I don't think it's a perfect movie. There are definitely holes, mm. but I really enjoyed it and I loved how it made me think. I would probably give it something around an 8 or an 8.5 mm. just for like effort. The, well, <laughs> not <laughs> so much effort. effort, but how the visual, the beautiful visual imagery played in tandem with the music. I thought that was great. And just looking at it from a score standpoint, which is what you guys talk about on your show, <laughs> um, I, I think that that was extremely effective. So 8.5. Jenkins. I want to know that 
when I turned on this movie, so it's kind of going back to what you're saying, there's two parts of this movie, the first half, the build, and the second half, the, the kill. And the first half made me want to strangle somebody a little bit because, that, just because of the husband. She was great, the kids were great, I wanted to strangle him so bad when he got when the when the dude was trying to break in the house and the dude snatched the he he snatches the bat through a crack in the door and beats his ass with it in a crack this big. However, we digress. The second half of the movie to me is redemption of a lot's way because I think it redeems the movie in a great amount of deal. Because I think there it was violence but it wasn't overdone. It was smartly put together. The, the soundtrack is where it starts to really, that Michael Abel put together was crushing it, which really built the atmosphere for it. There's some really good scenes. If you're a cinematographer or a filmmaker, you can appreciate some of the angles and stuff, like the scene where the, the doppelgator's son is sets the trap and is trying to blow up the car. Um, I thought that was... Kind of cool. Mm -hmm. The final, those last two things you said with the, the cinematography and, and the soundtrack and the, the score, just the last scene where Red and Adelaide yep. are fighting. Oh yeah. My Down gosh. the long hallway yep. and all those different angles they were using and the light and the dark yep. shadows. Yep. And then the the remix of I Got Five. Yep. I mean, oh my God. And then, and then the, the, the cutting to the dance scenes. Yep. Yes. I mean. And there's, there are, you know, if you've seen The Shining or. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or any of these films you really appreciate the nods that he put into those last few you know 30-40 minutes oh, yeah. so I will say probably Nate because of that because um, it's very hard to do what he did um, successfully to be honest so. uh, yeah I think 885 is, is where we're all at. Yeah. Um, if they kill off the, the husband right up front, this ten. is easily a nine or ten. I mean, you know, like the scene where he was like ready to have sex and she's like brooding <laughs> at the window. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, Talk I, about oblivious. <laughs> I'm like, really? How do you not get that? She's but then you go, the the yeah, now I understand why they hate us so much. <laughs> um, everybody needs loving. Um, <laughs> yeah. That is an inappropriate. Yeah. Maybe that's exactly the thing she needs at that moment. Oh you know, no! I don't think she was thinking about this. I yeah, decide. I don't think her mind was there. No. So yes, eight, I get an eight five, man. And I'm not a horror movie person, so like, um, I, I think the reduction is obviously, as you say, it's not a perfect movie. I think they mm -hmm. might have tried to do a little too much with the, the messaging that they were trying to deliver, mm -hmm. but. That being said, it's still entertaining and yeah. well done. So. Yeah. That one, what are you up to these days? Uh, what are you, what's coming next for you? Oh, man. So in January, I'm going to be attending the Sundance Film Festival. Oh, you're going to Sundance? Uh, yes. Because? Uh, for a short film that I executive produced and voice acted in. Oh, it's, kudos. Uh, and they're up for... Do they have yeah. a good soundtrack? Mm -hmm. Actually, there is zero soundtrack. Oh, really? It's all sound design. It's a very simple concept. It's called Lance in a Neck Brace. And it follows this 
one guy who just got out of a really bad breakup who listens to instructional cassette tapes about how to heal his broken heart. And mm. I am the voice on the cassette tapes that guides him uh, through this that's cool. process. I have a gig in February at Parkside Lounge? Uh, no, so my uh. gig, I have a gig at Parkside Lounge on the 21st of January at January. 9 p.m. It's going to be an acoustic set. Uh, might be an appearance by Madge, the giant pink space chicken which I highly recommend. So, check okay. it out. Okay. It's pretty I will look that up. Yeah. Okay. You All can right. follow her at madge.ok. Okay. 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 And okay. where can people okay. find you? Um, on Instagram and Twitter, at Devin T. Lieber. That's D-E-V-O-N-T-L-E-A-V-E-R. Chris? Uh, man, um, hopefully I have a Nothing. new okay, song great. dropping. No, that's you. That's usually your thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a new song dropping hopefully next week or the week after. Um, and I have a show January 24th. I have a show February 20th. It's my 20th show at The Bitter End. So please come check that out. And, cool. uh, you know, cool. I have shows all the time. And I have nothing. There you go. There, um, although, if anyone is available and wants to, they can join it's not an event, but I will be hanging out, and anyone who's welcome to come on New Year's Eve will be at O'Neill's, 174 Grand Street, hanging out, no cover, no, you just come and, and have a good time. You get to hang out with moi, moi. Maybe I'll make an appearance. Maybe I'll bring my doppelganger, moi. Damon Wayans. I hate you. I hate you so bad. Devin, thank you for coming to the show. Thank You're you. welcome to come back anytime you want. You will think about it. All right. All right. Well, that does it for another download podcast show. I am Darren Jenkins. I am the walrus Kukukuchu. Oh, God. And this was another episode of The, the download. download.